Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Quinoa nut, K-nut. Quinoa is with a Q. Q-nut. You should go Q-nut. 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 Well, at least you got the not- stock twitcher. You have a fucking retro stock twits. My favorite. This is like the it's not a man boob type of sweatshirt, but uh, I'm jealous of it. If that didn't have virus all over it, I would just steal it. Is that XXL, by the way? I don't know. Not to give away your uh, I don't know. size. Could be an XL or an XX, I'm not sure. Canudas, how tall are you? 6'6". Six, six. You have fans. Mm-hmm. I do. Are, people email me and go, hey, Canute really? sounds dreamy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're boys, young boys. Yeah, not girls. I, was, I was hoping that was the <laughs> That's other side. Okay, never mind. That's my audience. The uh, Friday, March 27th or so. Yeah, yeah 27th we had, today. We had two or three days in a row, and today was ugly. As... I'm not a oh. trader, but as one would suspect on a Friday, as the virus runs out of control after three up days in a bear market, um, nothing surprised me there today. But uh, I think panic will really grip. With the markets closed and everybody at home focused just on news and panicking this weekend, there should be a fine froth worked up by Monday. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, been telling people to just you know, don't look at what you paid for a stock. If you're nervous, raise cash. Like you can't, it's not a time to go, oh, I need five more dollars to break even. This is about like whatever you can sell, you sell so that you can sleep at night. And this is Panic with Friends, K-Nut. Today we have a really good friend on, Shield Mano. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. It's just Shield to me. And I'm going to try not to make little people jokes because he's he's not tall. and no, uh, But he has a huge brain and a huge soul. And really fun guy. Ellen and I met him first time in Buenos Aires. No, Argentina. Buenos Aires, capital. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a fintech conference, and we've been buddies uh, ever since. The three of us palled around Buenos Aires. Uh, buffer between the wife and I. You know, it's always good to have you married as long as us. It's like <laughs> even, a, even a puppy. Just something to break it up. I know what you mean. Oh, you do. That's correct. With Mrs. Canute. Oh, we've already said that doesn't. It's not, you don't name people after... She doesn't go by Mrs. Not normally, Kinnett. but you can. So Shields here, he's got a new fund, FinTech. He travels the world, um, India. He's just on a plane all the time, single guy, young guy, and uh, lives in San Francisco. Very successful entrepreneur and now a venture capitalist. And so we're going to talk about FinTech and panics. He has seen some panics. And um, so we're going to get him on the phone. But first, pay it off. One of our companies, venture companies, sent us a note. Uh, and we'll call Shield. Pay it off as a venture back team, social leverage, building the next generation of B2B repayment solutions for student debt. They've built the first federal debt API that helps any fintech or financial institution address student loans within their financial services product. The average borrower saves $3,000 per year from their personalized assessment and enrollment functionality. These tools are especially helpful during COVID-19 situation as millions of borrowers are losing part of their income or their jobs entirely. Companies using their API can provide immediate relief by enrolling them in income-driven repayment plans and forgiveness options. That's payitoff.io, P-A-Y-I-T-O-F-F.io. Let's get Shiel 
on the telephone. Hey, it's Sheil. Sheil, you're on Panic with Friends. Hey, Howard. It's the Jew How and the doing? Jane. That should have been our it's podcast. The Jew and the Jane. We're Do you know what a Jane again. is, Canute? No, but I'm sure you told me. A Jane, is Jane religion or, or, or nationality? It's a religion. Yeah. So we were in Israel, Canute, and we just we got along so well. We said, why don't we have a podcast called The Jew and the Jane? We'll offend everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we're not offended, Equal how could you be offended? Exactly. I mean, two guys that just should not be together talking about religion. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> and startups. It was religion and startups. Yeah, it was great. The religion what of startups. Trip. What a great real. trip. But, but, but Buenos Aires is even better because that's where we met. And I had this vision yeah, of a really Harris. tall, good-looking person, and then you walked in. I know, yeah. And I shattered everything that you knew. <laughs> and um, I thought you worked there. I said, can was... you get me a drink? And you go, no, I'm a VC just like you, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was getting to know Ellen, though. I said that. She For was a buffer. For those of you who don't know, yeah, she was – She. She kept us uh, kept us from going going at each other too too much, and she kept you relatively well behaved. Relatively. Now that I've seen you without her, I know the truth. But uh, at that you've time, seen it in action because people don't know her that well. She puts like most people that are friendly with me walk up to her when they meet her and go, "What the fuck are you doing with that guy?" And she just laughs. She laughs. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. goes, yeah, "Yeah, it's like there's only that's the first question people will ask her." And she uh, doesn't get offended by it. She's like, just brush it. She actually laughs at that. Now, she's not laughing at me right now. We're two weeks quarantine. And I'm like, and I've, I've used six bedrooms in our house. Like the whole How's house. How's your health? Uh, my health is pretty good. I, you know, I just make other people sick at this point. It's back to That's my great. normal life where, you know, I was sick for once, but now it's just other people just around me fall away. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're locked out. You are the most traveled person I know and use social media like a wild man, but just not, not to spread uh, information, just to share your life. What, um, where are you today? I'm in Carmel. So oh. two weeks ago when they announced the shelter in place in California, me and a few friends came out to Carmel, a, few friends a buddy and, of ours. A few friends and I. A few friends and I. Ah, always correcting me. Um, this may be a podcast, but there's some fucking decorum here. Yeah, I've got to maintain decorum. <laughs> so we came out mind. here. I feel like a douchebag VC because I'm in this beautiful place. There's hiking. There's a hot tub. There's a swimming pool. All this stuff. But um, I'm actually heading back to San Francisco today. My my home got broken into last night. <sighs> so um, so San so Francisco. Everyone, like fuck. It's so San Francisco, but honestly. It's happening everywhere, oh. and it's really the time to bolster your security. Tell everyone, uh, install those cameras and security systems. Because um, we could be on our own. Fifty percent of the cops have supposedly corona in New York, so that's a good point. So, um, if you you know if you've seen that Citizen app, it's lighting up like crazy. Okay, there's, it's called the Citizen app. Yeah, it's it's an app that tells you about crime that's going on in your local vicinity. Okay, and it is lighting up like crazy. So I posted something about my house getting broken into because I had footage. So I just posted it like, hey, guys, watch out. Be extra careful. Mm-hmm. And a few people wrote to me saying, hey, the same thing happened to me. Um, you know, I think people have, people have lost their jobs. It's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of issues out there in the world today. Yeah. And crime is going to get worse uh, for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, this is there's un, like the unintended, like the stuff that was there under the surface ready is now quickly uh, going to creep up, creep up. But uh, we don't yeah, want to exactly. panic. You 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 don't panic. You have been around some panics. And yeah, some I've been around some panics. The uh, how old are you now? Thirty-seven. Oh, you're young. And so you I moved mean, to, when did you just, let's give some backstory. So she'll start with yeah. today. Cause Jake and you have a fun, like this yeah. is just a simple podcast, but let's give, let's tell the story. So, uh, myself and my partner, Jake, we have a venture capital fund called better tomorrow ventures. We invest in seed stage FinTech and it's called better tomorrow. Cause we, we like to make the world a better place. And we think technology has the ability to impact people's lives so much and especially fintech, especially finance, because that's that's what people need uh, to get on their feet. And and we love we love working with early founders, helping them make their visions come true. And but you do more international. You do more. You different type of. We're all fintech, such a big space. So define. Yeah, what fintech's a big space. Yeah. So we we uh, we invest in anything in fintech. I think we're more open to international stuff than a lot of other folks out there. We don't know, but we think maybe 25, 30% of this fund will be international. Uh, we, in the past, have made investments in Africa, LATAM, Southeast Asia, uh, but also quite a bit in the U.S. We're based in San Francisco, so you know the bulk of our deal flow is in the U.S. In terms of particular areas that we like, we really like infrastructure. Um, you know, A lot of the, the future of fintech will be built by companies uh, will be built on top of companies that are being built today. It feels like the last decade of innovation in financial services has largely been just bringing stuff that was offline online. You know, it was a bank. Now it's online and then there's an app or, uh, you know, a lender investment product, whatever. I think there's a lot of true innovation yet to come. Mm -hmm. And that requires some infrastructure I also think that distribution is really hard for these consumer fintech companies. Especially post this it, crisis, prices are super especially low. post this crisis. You can't go yeah, and knock exactly. off another Robinhood post this crisis. Like they have too far it's away true. now. Yeah, like people need to yeah, understand that. Like what the fluff is gone. Fluff is gone, and so like there's really value in folks that already have distribution, and they might be selling something else. It might be like a like a Shopify, for example. Somebody that's sell, already selling into a small business or consumer, selling a product, they can layer on other products that are financial services oriented. And we think that there's big potential there. So we like to invest there as well. And this fund is uh, thir- it's over $30 million. You're shooting for $50 million. Uh, Shooting for $60, uh, and we're, we're doing a close now. It'll be around 30 yeah. And um, go ahead. Obviously, and your partner Jake was a founder of Nerd Wallet, so he's not uh, some yep. schlepper. Yeah, he's not a schlepper. I'm the schlepper of the group, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. We just know where we stand. The Jane and the schlepper. The uh, exactly. And he is um, he's buttoned down right now with his fam. The the um, yeah, where, where got, were you born? Where he's were you? He's got two six year olds. Six year olds. He's got twins, twin yeah. twin six year olds that he's homeschooling. And his daughter's a gem, but his son is just, I'm on the phone with him. I can hear him in the background like that, you know, so he's, he's got his hands full. <laughs> you know what? I got two out of the house and uh, my work is done. 
Yeah, I, I changed great. my number. As kids moved out, I changed my number. <laughs> I a little Chinese guy in, in, in Wuhan answering the phone yeah, when Max calls. <laughs> you've met my, they you, need I the think work. you've met everybody. I think you've met yeah. my daughter at least. So, so when oh, we were, right. um, the, where did, where were you born? Let's give a little. I was born in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So I was born, born in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm of Indian heritage. Mm-hmm. Grew up in the States. I have lived in India, though. That's what uh, I thought. As an, yeah, as an adult, I decided to move to India, and I lived there for a year uh, doing microfinance work. It was actually my first foray into fintech was mm-hmm. through microfinance, nonprofit work. Right. And That's- when I did that, there's the story that you, you may remember. I... Kiva, wasn't it? Was it Kiva? Kiva, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an amazing company. Kiva.org, you can make a loan to an individual in the developing world. Yeah, well, now Uh, you can make a loan to an American, same thing. Kiva should just do for Americans. That's true. They should partner with citizens. Hey, before you break in, there's Kiva. (laughs) I'm a marketing whiz. All right, keep going. You you are. (laughs) Uh, So when I was doing Kiva, I I lived on, I I tried to live like my borrowers. So I lived on a couple bucks a day, did it for a year in India. Hmm. And it was, it was an awesome experience because like you learn what really matters and what doesn't matter and how to like, and that none of the material stuff, it was, is what makes people happy. You know, they're kids with nothing that are super happy, even adults with nothing that are super happy. So that was a, it was a great experience for me. And then you were at 500 startups. There was a panic there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> there was definitely a, a PR panic, panic right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what you can talk about, but I, I mean, build a great brand, uh, McClure, and you were yeah, running the fintech division for 500 startups, and you were involved in a panic, really. It wasn't your yeah, direct I was, Yeah, I, uh, just to clarify, I had nothing to do no, with no, it. No, 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 but no one knows, but I'm saying no one in my audience oh, yeah, knows, but saying you were involved in a panic, meaning there was a PR yeah, yeah, crisis, yeah, yeah. So, PR crisis, and- There was think, a PR crisis, and it was a lot, like, it was like 24 hours a day, all hands on deck, figure out- what to do importantly, what do you do internally? Mm-hmm. And then what do you explain externally? And, you know, there were some things that we got right, some things we got wrong, but I learned a lot from it. I grew yeah. a lot in those, in those months. And then you also learn like who's on your side and who isn't, yeah. you know, I had nothing to do with the thing, but, but people came after me and, oh. and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But you've forgiven me. Yeah, that's true. I have. I mean, it's taken a while though. The uh, but I always used to call him and go, "Dude, he's handling this panic wrong. Like he's just got to get in front of it. Yeah, and, they, like it'll pass, but you got to get in front of it. Yeah, they they didn't. They didn't. It's do easy to armchair quarterback, but like what I've learned about panics since watching that is you've just got to stand in front of this and own it, and you know people will calm down. Yeah, one of the things you know, another. Another VC, like a very famous VC who had a panic, uh, who nobody even remembers anymore. Uh, when As soon as this whole thing happened, I, I sent him an email. He responded in one minute. And he said, reach out to these guys. It's a crisis firm. They've done everybody. And then you look at who they've worked with, and they're like, we did Jerry Seinfeld's thing. And, and you're like, what Jerry Seinfeld thing? And they're like, yeah, that's because we handled it. Right. And, and, and the first thing you got to do in a panic is... Um, is kind of like overreact even in, in, in the wrong way, like, like get in front of it. Yep. And that's one thing that, uh, as the United States, we did the exact opposite of opposite. Panic. opposite. 
It's just like the basics. We're do, just doing, it's, we've forgotten the basics of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awful. The thing is, it's still, it seems like we're still getting it wrong. Um, you know, I, I have a good friend who's a healthcare worker in San Francisco, and they're telling her uh, that she's not supposed to wear a mask unless she's sick or seeing a COVID patient. She's not and dumb. Who's they? Yes. Like, she's not dumb. Yeah, but the, so they're telling her, don't wear a mask unless you're sick. Well, the majority of these people are asymptomatic. So how the hell are you supposed to know if you're sick? So, I, and, and you know, Atul Gawand, uh, I think his his practice in Boston, I think has the best the best way of dealing with this. They say everybody wears a mask. You wear the same mask all day long if you're not sick, but or if if you're not showing symptoms yeah. or treating a COVID patient. But I think that's the better way to deal with it than than what we're doing. So I think we're still getting a lot of things wrong. We told the the American populace you don't need to wear a mask, and now we know that that was bad information. And what they do in Asia is wear masks yeah. if you're sick. Culture and be it damn. works. Yeah. Yeah, Culture be absolutely. damned. We just didn't do. America used to take the pain. Yeah, and I'm. I see my kids struggling with it. It's, they're used to hugging and hugging it out, and you know what I mean. And and you know what, what? I feel like. I feel like America. You know, how, like so we invest in startups, mm-hmm. and then you're always thinking about the incumbent, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, the incumbent won't figure that out. They can't innovate. That's what I feel like. Unfortunately, that's what I feel like America has become to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Ben when Thompson said about, we're like compact. We've outsourced everything. And now that like we have this great brand and there's nothing behind the brand. Yeah, exactly. It's so genius um, way he said it. It's kind of like compact went from like a running at a thousand miles an hour to zero. But you don't remember the stories because they didn't do anything. They were just, just a yeah. brand. And then when push came when to shove and margins got tight, like they went to zero. And, and, you know, I don't know what countries are going to come out best from this, but Not it, Germany. Certainly seems like, yeah, it certainly seems like a lot of these countries have done interesting things. Yeah. I mean, like, so my, my mom's in India. She's, she's stuck there, unfortunately. She was there taking care of her brother who got cancer, and she, now she's stuck for who knows how long. But she, when you call an Indian phone number, this happens across India, as soon as you, when you call a number, when it connects, they change it so that all of the ringers that you call have a message about stay, staying away from people and washing your hands. Oh. It's incredible the stuff that they do, like just like a public safety basic, message. Basic things, like I open up Spotify, they do basic things, like they're telling you if you want to do charity. Like I, I mean, Google used to do that. Like we, we can't rely on the guy. I mean, obviously, like I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I rely on corporate America. Like it's in Apple's interest themselves to come up with a, a cure because it hurts their business the most. Like, so, so the fangs are going to come up with the cure, right? Like Gates and we can't really, you know, it's a comedy to watch everybody else. I mean, I'm just betting on corporate America at this point because it's in their yeah. interest to solve this. Otherwise they go to zero. Like fucking Lulu should come up with the cure. Yeah. One thing that's amazing is like all these people on Twitter, they're like, Oh. You fucking tech bros think that you're an epidemiologist. You're not like, yeah, but like you, we need smart people working on this and, yeah, and you're telling shooting people us down. they shouldn't. You're shooting us you're down shooting. and we're fucking talking about math and we're talking about virality and like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, way, it's kind of like the, the boy cried wolf. There are a lot of smart people have been crying wolf for a while and, and now everybody, now they're on to something and no one, everybody's tired of listening to them. 
Yeah. And, but I mean, Andreessen Horowitz, they said no handshakes in uh, early two months February. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, they were on top of it. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame on many levels. People are going to die. The economy is in tatters. It, it sucks. Yeah. The economy How's, really is in tatters. And yeah. I mean, the second and third order effects are yet to come. Tax revenues are going to be down. So Cuomo said that their state is in jeopardy. Um, tax revenues are going to be down. So then, you know, they're going to have to lay off state workers. There's just so many ripple effects that are going to happen from this. It's going to be, it's going to be a real pain. Yeah. It's fascinating to watch the markets. Cause I never, like I've been telling everybody, it's like, I get to watch the markets cause all I do is zoom and no one's working. So I don't have to do commerce. I don't have, I don't have any <laughs> yeah. meetings. So as someone who loves the markets, I've never watched them more. And I feel like people are, are, as much as I understand them, people don't get it. Like they're looking at the stock market. I think there's an answer there. And this is way bigger than the stock market. Right. And Trump's still oh, talking absolutely. about the market. Like he's talking about the market still. And I'm like, the it's stock market's about. tiny dude. Fucking yeah. Let's talk about the bond market and the U S dollar. And the fact that with no trade, the U S dollar is going, there's a fucking dollar shortage. Like he, yeah. he didn't even understand this shit. Not that I want him to. I'm just saying they're talking about the stock market while people are dying. Now, I'm, my job yeah. is to talk about the stock market. Like, that's the show, Panic with Friends. Yeah, I'm trying to like, yeah. tell people to save their money and, like, figure out um, stuff. Like, I'm watching – people are behaving really weird. I'm, like, I'm a big fan of Barstool Sports, not as a user, but as a brand. And now I yeah, see – Yeah, they've done da- an amazing job. But now I see Dave, like, doing day trading, and I'm like, well, that just wrecked it. Like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know sports is bad and you got to make a buck, but like putting, he put $3 million in a brokerage account and he's day trading on Periscope. And I'm like, okay, I get uh, it. I get the traffic's good and it's pretty funny, but it's not fucking funny, man. Um, yeah. It's people's money. And yeah, that's people, not a good it's idea. just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like that, the, you know, that's like saying, let's go get high and bet on sports. Well, at least you're a sports guy. But when you say, oh, let's go get high and put 6 million in an account and day trade Nike, uh, with no knowledge. I mean, I guess it's entertaining, but this is like, this is like bad behavior. Yeah. What have you been doing in the markets? Have you been, um, have you been active? I have been very inactive other than at the beginning of this week. I saw like, you know, I just had to trade the panic and uh, yeah. I had a really good week, but small, yeah. like I say, when the VIX is over 40, I take whatever I was going to buy. If it was 10,000 shares and I buy a thousand shares. So the action, yeah, you can't, why are you going to risk the nest egg in a panic? Like the opposite yeah. of what people, you know, this is not when you get rich. This is unfortunately going to be a huge transfer of wealth to the Starbucks and the McDonald's, the companies that can stay in business and have the supply chains worked out. And, and the world will move on because these big companies, as much as we hate them, it's in their interest to fix this, you know, because otherwise they yeah. go to zero. So at some level, corporate America will just figure the shit out for us. Um, we need to stay. And I think what you said, the second order effects is like, we're all quarantined, but we don't know when to leave our homes because no one else is quarantined. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting for, for me in the stock market. I normally don't do individual equities because I just don't have the time. It's not, I'm not like, I can't follow it all the time. Like you do. Correct. Yeah. And so for somebody like me, it doesn't make that much sense. You know, I'm, I do, I do believe in tech. So I buy, there's probably 10 individual tech stocks that I bought and, and put a portion of my portfolio there, which has obviously served me well. But yeah. aside from that, I, I just can't do it. No, um, I've been telling people, I go, oh, week, the S&P, I go, hey, 
there is no S&P. There's the NASDAQ 100. There's biotech yeah. and healthcare and, and software. That's called the QQQ. So like get the yeah. S&P out of your mind. If you want to invest in America, the America that's going to exist. Ohm talked about it with on the show yesterday. He doesn't talk about stocks, but he was like 2015 is when tech just got into this new dimension. And I, I yeah. said, I agree with you. And if you look at the QQQ since then, it was in a new dimension. So barring the end of the world and, and, and the less, the, other than biotech, the most people, the less, the least people centric industry is tech. And unfortunately yep. that, so therefore the most, the least people centric businesses, unfortunately in a cruel world, and that's what the market is. That's what you have to invest in. Yeah, Absolutely. So I've got a I've got an interesting pick for you. I haven't I haven't done any. Uh, I've, oh, we I love those. No work here. Let me fling a name at you, Howard. Yeah, <laughs> Can't let wait. Me let me write this down, Canute. Let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the call thing. Dave so, Portnoy so, at uh, Barstool, but let, let me hear it. So okay, so I I'm single at the moment. What? And- this is impossible. You're so handsome. I, I know. Can you believe it? I know. Uh, but mm. okay, so I'm single at the moment, and so I'm active on these dating apps. Right. And the traffic is through the roof. Oh. Um, I am matching Tinder? like Tinder, tin, mm. all of them, t- Tinder, bump, but, but Tinder is the one that you can trade. Mm-hmm. And the ma- action is through the roof. And I'm, so I'm talking to people. I'm doing uh, video dates. I'm literally, I, I've been on a, a, a bunch of them. Has Tinder and launched a, like a, a, a COVID product, like a video dating product? Um, Bumble has one where you can just oh, click. Oh, ahead and, of the curve. Because you know what? I was just going to tell you, Match has been a terrible relative stock. And so I yep. think they, this is if they don't innovate. And Brian, my good friend, Brian Norgard, who's ran product and growth there, has left about a year ago. So I don't think he cares. But um, yeah, this is going to be a change in dating. Yeah. So the thing is, a lot of people, so I think they're going to have, I think this quarter is going to be phenomenal for them. Like there are people who, a bunch of the folks that I've, the girls that I've matched with, they said, I was never, I've never been on a dating app before, mm-hmm. but I can't meet anyone any other way. But so do you, now, do, you the do these without a shirt or with a shirt? I, I got to live. I, I have to be Howard I Stern actually for a do. Because right now I don't have yeah. a shirt on and it's really inappropriate, but the, like it's you. But so when you I go on these dating pants. things, do you have your shirt on or off? I start with it on. And then as soon as, as soon as the video comes on, I rip it off. When is it appropriate to rub your left nipple? And does a left nipple mean anything? Cause I I'm on Reddit streams talking about this stuff, but scared to use the app. Cause I want to find out what, what is, I'm surprised that you know about that. Well, Brian, like I said, Brian is a friend of mine. Uh, and so I've seen over his shoulder testing features. <laughs> you buy that. I have some land to sell you in uh, Florida as well. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're using the dating apps, but there, that wasn't a specific stock pick. Uh, but the pick would be match. Yeah, I think they'll I, do well. I, yeah, I, I've been. I looked at it, but I actually think because they don't have a video solution, uh, and because people can't connect, like it's kind of a weird moment for dating apps. I'll just give you the other side of that idea. I think that's fair. I, I'll say though, like. The number, the activity the in the apps high. is is very high, mm-hmm. and the fact that people are telling me they've never been on the apps before because they never had a problem meeting people in real life, but now mm-hmm. they're trying the apps. Mm-hmm. Some of that is going to be long term, very long term, very long term. So I, I agree with you on that. Now let's talk about um, 
how this is affecting founders LPs. Like, I don't want to get specific, but I've found, I have found that my founders, the founders in our portfolio, mine, I don't own them. The founders in our portfolio have been, now we're lucky in the sense that we invest in non people centric type business. I mean, there's people, but like, unfortunately the, the, the lay of the land in tech is like 20, it's quite easy to get let go of 30% of people, right? There's no desks, there's no uh, software, you know, there's no hardware, there's no stuff to empty out. It's just like your laptop and you're gone. And so I think, um, what I've seen is 20 to 30% cuts, whether the company's doing well or not, or uh, immediately, are you kind of seeing the same? Yeah, the thing is, like, you got to do it quick. Yeah. There's no sense, especially, you know, I have companies, I was just on the phone with with a founder, and he's like, well, what's the rush? And I'm saying, well, like, hmm. aren't people building products that you're Hello. not going to put yeah. out? Like, yeah, there, there's a huge rush. And focus. you got to get, like, Cut, cut, focus. cut, focus on one thing. Yeah, exactly. Survive. Fortunately, our portfolio just, not because we planned it, but just happens to be in good shape. We had a crazy good Q4 where everyone raised in Q4. Yeah, we had the so same thing. I just got lucky. And now we're really excited about being able to hire people because for so many of my companies, hiring talented people was the biggest bandwidth. Like we'd be searching for six months to hire the right candidate to GM a new product. Mm-hmm. And now literally in the past month, like we're, we're bringing on, we're bringing on people. And so that's been really great. Yeah. But, you know, I think on the whole, this is going to be really rough. I was chatting with a good friend of mine who runs a company that he just cut everyone's salaries by 25%. And that's a brutal message to send to people. It's money that they need. But, you know, you do it for the company's survival. Hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of panic. I get it because I watch the market. And then you, 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 unfortunately that's what America is a voting machine, you know, um, and the stock market is a bit of a voting machine. Um, and so I get it in a world of, 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 uh, where the markets have become kind of politicized where it's like, it's a shame because I love the markets and I've never felt like I understood them more. And obviously I'm tapped in through eToro and Robinhood and StockTwits and all my, and Coifin and you, and like, I'll, you know, ner- to be able to talk to Jake about lead gen at NerdWallet, like yeah. the network is strong. And we know on the other side of this, FinTech is like you said, like it's basic core infrastructure uh, yeah. that matters, but it's still swept up in a panic. It's definitely in a panic. I am, I did feel like, and I know you felt the same way. Some of these valuations that we've been seeing for the past few years were just completely disconnected from reality of like, yeah. if you invest in a basket of companies at seed at uh, 15, 20 million, whatever the YC companies money. demand, you can't, you're not going to make money. No. Um, yeah. You have to be lucky. It's not even about being good. It's about being lucky. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying, Hey, play the power law game. Meaning, yeah, you won't make money, but one will pay for everything. And I'm like, no, I prefer to be more of an artisan and I'd like every deal to try and make money. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I'm, you know, I'm sad for the market. I've sad for a lot of things, but I'm really excited about being an, an investor in the next few years. Oh my God. You, Investing. like I said, like I'm giving you money, meaning I am, I'm a believer, you know, I give, I, I'll back certain funds and I'm like so excited that you and Jake with your knowledge are heading out there. There's so many talented people. Now the returns from 2015, I don't want to be mean, but like obviously, you know, 
where we get even is the returns from these small funds from 2015 to 19 of the, of the true amateurs, the people who didn't have domain experience and the people who just were yep. like, oh, I want to be a VC. Well, yeah, and you pay uncapped notes and you do $15 million YC deals. The returns are going to be the worst batch of returns. Absolutely. And that's going to create this wasteland of, of unfortunate sentiment for guys like us out there raising money because people will look back and go, oh, look, you guys know what you're doing. And I go, no, 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 no. This is a great time because the fluff Absolutely. is gone. I'm trying to talk to my LPs and saying, hey, I know you got pain. Uh, I'm not selling you anything. Uh, and real estate's still a great investment. But, you know, stock market, bonds, 0%, like you should be thrilled that, you know, that you can take risk money. Now, if you're not 70, because if you're 70, you know, they got the virus and yeah, you're going to die. You don't have, the time. Don't yeah, have totally. the time. But if you're 60 or under and you want to be part of the next revolution, climate change, whatever it's going to be, bring on this world, the QQQ for sure, you average into that. Yeah. And then find people like us who can't, are licking our chops like we don't like the the health scare and we you know we hope we all survive but at the same time this is when domain experience and networks are cut in half like valuation you should this yeah. is when you're supposed to get excited i mean the best funds of all time were all you know that in, er, investing around 2008 to 2010 yeah Square, i was doing Stripe, it i had no experience wallet, uber yeah. airbnb whatsapp instagram all these companies you know, and those valuations on those companies were really low. Uber was four um, million. Yeah, seatbelt. Um, and, and you know, this Series A like Credit Karma, you thirty know, million. They, the, what was it? No, they the they did two the Series A five million. Were you in Credit Karma? Another one. Yeah, we were five hundred. Yeah, Dave. Dave, Dave did was. Their so that was one of yeah. the big ones. Great, good for Dave. So in the end, Dave's doing he, fine, he right? He invested 500K to $5 million valuation and sold for 7.1. Let's um, break into his yeah, house. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's citizen app. Dave McClure, let me get his address. Hang on. <laughs> I'm going to ping Dave. <laughs> so good for Dave. That was a big one for McClure. Uh, but you, yeah. were you oh, he, working he at a, 500 then? No, you weren't there yet. I wasn't. No, it wasn't me. But, um, Did you, but I, you know... Do you know Anish? Because he's going to be on my show next week. He was. Uh, oh, Anish Acharya, he's yeah. great. Yeah. He's a great guy. I love him. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's, uh, yeah, he. So he he does fintech and Andreessen Horowitz. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, yeah, we have a really close week. relationship with him and and their fund, their LPs in our fund, and or, or the individual partners are a bunch of the partners are same with us. And mm-hmm. and um, Anish, we thought the idea of them becoming LPs in our fund was. Oh, they just want access to our deal flow or whatever. What ends up happening is they send us a lot more stuff than we send them. And he sends me sh- stuff all the time. I'm like, Anish, yeah. at, what, at what point did you think I was smart? <laughs> I said, this is insulting. Like, I don't know if I, I don't trust a guy that thinks I'm smart. He laughs like he totally gets the joke, but he's sending me more stuff than I send them. They're like a machine, yeah, yeah, that firm. Like it's such, yeah, I'm so, I'm it's so great. I, they sent me really good stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't look at it. I pass it off to my uh, you have you, my niece you have and a team of people. Yeah, I have, yeah, a, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a crew, a posse. The yeah. uh, I'm really into podcasting. I think the Jew and the Jane should happen. We have Let's this. We have a natural chemistry. I mean, if this virus goes on, there's it's like so six fun. people left in the earth. We'd have the highest ranked show. Who, as long as like people who are going to survive this are locked down in a podcast studio. 
Yeah, let's do it. It'll just be that'd be fun. The only we people left on earth day. will be podcasters. Me and Canute, and you should join us. All right, I'm in. The um, and so how do you think travels? Like, I, as a guy who traveled ninety percent of the time, yeah, you would have the um, most insight into how it's going to affect you coming out of this. So the last decade has really been an amazing time for a world traveler like me. Um, I mean, you prices, are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, flights were so cheap and readily available. You could fly anywhere in the world. Um, it's all going to change. Uh, I believe a lot of these airlines aren't going to make it through. Of course, many of them are, many of the U S airlines will get government bailouts, but, um, many of the international low cost carriers, I don't think are going to make it. And then, you know, supply, supply will be constrained. Uh, there'll be fewer flights to fewer places and prices go up. I mean, prices were, insanely cheap dude it was like begging us to travel yeah i flew to india round trip twice in the past couple years 600 bucks a piece can you imagine san francisco to delhi 600 dollars. especially because you can fit in a little seat exactly yeah do you get a same size seat as an adult (laughs) they give sometimes yeah sorry that was the jew and the jane banter that wasn't a proper banter for this show Um, but you know, I think so, you know, I've, I've got a really close friend at United and I talk to him all the time, talked to him a couple of days ago. He thinks they're, he thinks, yeah, they're he's telling me that company. they might, they're a mean company. Oh yeah, they, they are. He, and he, he readily acknowledges that. Yeah. Um, but he says they're going to ask people to take major, major pay cuts. <sighs> um, and they're going to let go of a lot of people. The funny thing is, uh, Three weeks ago, they offered people a voluntary furlough, and they said, "Yeah, but you get to keep your your flight benefits." Oh, so you take that. <laughs> yeah, as if as if people are going to. That's no different than a stock thing. You get liquidity, hit it, hit the fucking bid. Your first offer is going to yeah. be the best in a bear market. Yeah, so so it's going to be brutal for those guys. It's going to be tough for all of us. I mean, for for us flyers, I don't know how long it's going to take to come back. There's going to be, again, there's uh, secondary tertiary effects. One of the, the interesting uh, secondary effects that I just learned about is um, weather forecasting is going to get worse. And um, because this is really interesting. Sorry. So they use, they use data from commercial air flights mm-hmm. that helps, helps tell us uh, what, what the weather is around the world. Okay. And I didn't actually realize that, but our weather forecasting is going to get like 15% worse than it was before. Because if, if there are enough flights out there uh, flying around collecting data, we just don't have as much data. Well, Phoenix, the weather's the same, so I don't need fucking data. It's always beautiful. Hey, what's the weather like in Phoenix? Uh, sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Sunny with a chance of uh, robbery. The, um, not as much as San Francisco. We got, I just feel like you guys are in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm very bearish. Not on the people. I'm very bearish on on commercial real estate in San San Francisco. Oh yeah, it's going to be tough. I think you know what what will be really interesting is I think a lot of people, of course, have been talking about remote work not just yeah. through COVID, but for the past couple of years. Well, they've been, been doing a it sneakily, right? And they're like, eh, I'm not going yeah. to WF or WFH. WFH. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that there will be some lasting impacts. I think you know some people have had a great experience working from home. A lot of people haven't, you know, Jake's at home with his six year old twins. Yeah. That's not to, fun. It's not fun. Yeah. I just sent but, him some, I just sent him some lucky charms. Just sugar solves a lot of these problems. It, it sure <laughs> does. Uh, but, but I think a lot, enough people will, 
just stay working from home. And I've had companies, I have companies in my portfolio, like, you know, small seed stage companies, 15 employees. They said, we're working from home now and forever. Like we're just, we're in it. We're just going to stick with it. So I think, I think that will, there will be a lasting impact and that probably does do some, that probably does have impacts on San Francisco as the place you have to be. Maybe it isn't so much anymore. And I, I think it will have impact. San Francisco real estate has been crazy expensive. You know, a lot of our venture dollars have gone to either Facebook or, or the landlords of San Francisco, which fortunately, you know, I have been one. Uh, it was that's fortunate. True. So you're a commercial now. guy, Maybe. so that's going to have to change how you think about the world. Yeah, I've got commercial and residential in San Francisco. Um, you know, fortunately, it's just one building, but mm. it's something that I think about. And, you know, it's... I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think rents rents are going to come down significantly. Uh, all these commercial places, a lot of the a lot of the mom and pops, unfortunately, will have a tough time surviving. I've got some good friends in the restaurant industry. It's mm. it it really hurts. You know you you lay off storm. you lay off a ton of a ton of your staff, uh, but also you still have to pay rent, and um, yeah. it's not easy for these guys, unfortunately. Yeah, the old operating leverage, and then and then finally in fintech, where where your check size is like half a million to a million, uh, half a million to a million and a half typically. Um, I, I think you know in this environment, uh, that's you know typically we're leading or co-leading rounds. Double digit ownership is sort of what we seek. Uh, pre-seed, seed. We'll we'll also invest in some companies that are like one person and an idea. We might help them recruit the team, get the first customers, all that kind of stuff. They'll work out of our office. Um, so we like to play at the early stages. I think both Jake and myself, like we get joy out of spending time on a whiteboard with an entrepreneur. Yeah, you're and it's just what we love. And we do it, you know, most of the time you, you spend a lot of time with these entrepreneurs. It doesn't work out. Like you, you say not to invest or, or something, but we still just love it. And so, so that, that is something that we're we're missing already. Uh, the just like it's it's harder on video. You can do it, but it's not the same. And uh, so we're we're excited about investing in this climate. I think a lot of the tourist VCs mm-hmm. and the tourist founders are probably going to fall off. And yeah. there are more tourist hope- founders than VCs. I mean, you know, I try and tell people the world needs number twos. You know, uh, uh uh, rest in peace, Rodney Dangerfield. You say uh, the world needs ditch diggers too. I've, I've been just that guy beating the drum, saying, "Hey, why do you have to start a company?" Tech, you know, just because he read an article in TechCrunch. Uh, yeah, you can make a lot of money as a number two and a number ten and a number hundred. All these companies yeah, need absolutely. great people. You know, not everybody gets to be the boss. Yeah, and and like truly great companies are going to be built. And and I think one thing that you know you don't read about in TechCrunch or whatever is many of these great companies will have major struggles along the way. And Dude, I mean, Airbnb never would have, I thought, I thought that was in, in, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot, but I thought it was indestructible. It seems like it's so no, vulnerable. I mean, you're not an idiot. No one, no one predicted yeah. that this was going to happen. Right. Well, yeah. you know, uh, there was always going to be a pandemic. You're not, I mean, there was yeah. going to, I mean, we didn't know when, I mean, we didn't know when we didn't know that our president would handle it so poorly. You know, there's all sorts of stuff we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's a global thing. It's not just about about the U S but it's been, um, but, but what I mean is actually at the earlier stages, you know, 
credit karma, which we, we like, we know well because Ken, the CEO has been, been a close friend, uh, to our fund and, and to, to 500 and everything. Um, he, he went through a lot, man. Like he, you know, it wasn't easy. Crisis, he was, he was out of money. He was literally like funding wow. the company with his credit card. You know, it's just like really tough people make it through these times. And a lot of folks don't. And actually it's why, you know, you met one of the things you look for is grit. It's a hard one to figure out it isn't. what founders have the grit, but we had a company in our portfolio that, you know, was like seconds away from running out of money uh, last summer and just watching the way that the entrepreneur made the right cuts, got in the dumb strategic money to, to make his company survive. And now they're thriving, just raising a big round now, but, um, watching him do that, you know, it taught me a lot about how to teach my other founders to do that. And then also taught me like what to look for in a founder, you, you know, there's what a lot are the of things that you think are, are key. You, you can kind of, you can ask a bunch of questions around adversity. Uh, and then you, there's a lot that you can ask in, in the references. I've started to do more. Very important that people more. don't take seriously in America, due diligence. And by due yeah, diligence, exactly. I mean, just making a few calls. Making a few calls, like just checking who you're connected, who's connected to them. And I, man, I, it's really like people who don't do reference checks. I, I can't believe it because I've learned so much so many things about founders that I thought, you know, I met the founder, super bright, everything looks great on paper, do a reference check, and it comes back really bad. And, you know, sometimes you have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, I think, I think people who were looking at Uber, uh, a lot of his former backers, Red Swoosh, didn't back Travis. So, you know, you could take, there's a lot, you have to, there's nuance in how you Hence take four that million knowledge. valuation. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, there's, um, so there's there's nuance there, but yeah. but uh, it's important. So you're one of the guys. I can't wait to do another year up and run in social leverage. Better tomorrow is quite a cocktail for founders and fintech. So if you're listening out there, oh, yeah. uh, I don't do due diligence. Ping better tomorrow. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've resorted to just wearing a crown and a cape because I've been through a crash before. So I think it, and Knut's not offended by it. Would you be offended if I showed up in a meeting in a cape? And uh, not you, Canute, but Shield, would you expect it or be insulted? I would be insulted if you didn't. See? This is why we're the Jew and the Jane. All right, so <laughs> take care of yourself. I hope the house... You too. Do you, you, there's nothing to steal, though. One of the good things... Yeah, what is, do I own? No, well, what should so, anybody own? This is an, another reminder. Is we yeah, don't need 7,000 square cloud. feet. Right. You don't need 7,000 so li- square feet. They literally, literally, I have the video... They oh, took yeah. reams of paper. Did you see this? Well, I posted it on Twitter. Well, it might have been Munchen. It might have been the treasury. Like, that might have been the treasury, just getting <laughs> yeah. paper to print money. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, well, this is great. Uh, what's your favorite place in the world? I mean, you've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. Uh, underrated two places, I'll tell you, are Slovenia and Laos. Okay, where's Slovenia? Yeah. Slovenia is... Sandwiched by Croatia, Italy, Austria, and maybe like Bosnia. Uh, Is it part of the EU? It's part of the EU. Okay. It's a gem of a country, 2 million people. Mm -hmm. You can drive around the whole country in a day. It's got the Alps. It's got beautiful lakes. This capital town, Ljubljana, that is tiny. You can walk around it in 30 minutes, but it's like a mini all of Europe, medieval town. Mm. And then uh, it's got 
seaside towns that look like Game of Thrones. It's it's incredible. What sea is it on? Uh, it's the. Uh, Do we know? Man, Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Wow. So yeah, that's where Italy comes in. Okay. So and then where's the other place? Laos, Cambodia. Yeah, uh, Laos is uh, ne- north of Cambodia. Uh, yeah, Laos. There's a the city called Luang Prabang. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful place. Wonderful people and uh, really peaceful, a great place to like chill out. I was thinking like, where do I want to be during this whole thing? If I have to be one place for a few months, where would I be? Mm-hmm. And I thought that wouldn't be a bad place to be. All right. All right. Look forward to seeing. Thanks for coming on Panic with Friends, my man. Just cold like that. Absolutely. Uh, and don't panic too much. You never do, Howard, but. Uh, I the panic, audience- but it's just unfortunately I'm not supposed to. Like, so I have to put on. A, everybody panics, right? But Yeah, uh, it's that like be like a duck, you know, yeah. above the water. You're still and underneath your pet. Exactly. Like crazy. So have a great weekend. Good luck with the uh, break in citizens app. I'm on that and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Cheers. I knew that would be fun. He sounds like a fun guy. Oh my I'd God. Love to hang out with him. I can't, I can't, you can't phase. You know me. I try and phase people. Like I go right at <laughs> the first meeting. You want to hang with me? You're going to be insulted. Oh, by the way, you can insult me too. Like it's yeah. part of the game. It's a two-way street. It's a t- I'm inviting the insults. Make fun of my nose, my mole, whatever you got. Bring it. But you like you can't hang out with me. No, that's my face next to the mole. <laughs> <laughs> the and my hair. So the point is, he's one of those guys that can laugh at himself. And I think in in, in any business, uh, there are leaders that uh, lead the other way. But I think the leaders that can uh, in this new world that are coming up, you have to be able to. Uh, be lean uh, and really kind of go off the beaten path and also um, kind of be able to brush off this adversity. So uh, good person. All right, everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back with panic with friends.